0: this to the Thursday edition of the Bill Michael Show. Today is the day where, you know, I'm listening to uh, reports all over the state about, uh, you know, who's meeting where and when and what the Packers are doing and all the exit interviews and Rogers is staying around for a couple of days and he's talking to people and this and that. And I'm thinking to myself, Uh, remember when the silos were knocked down and Mark Murphy said, look, you know, Russ ball, you didn't get the job as a general manager, but you're going to be the capologist. So to speak, you're going to be the money guy. You report to me, Brian Gudikins, you're the general manager, but we're going to make sure that everything continues to be a, a fluid, discussable situation. You're going to report to me, Matt LaFleur, you report to the general manager, but also I want to know what's going on. So you're going to talk to me. Okay, great. So we've got this, this, this round table, um, and Now you've got the exit interviews, and Mark Murphy is sitting in a room, and I'm sure he's contemplating what just happened and what the future is going to be. And uh, he he probably is looking around this room going, you know, guys, I really won another Super Bowl before my tenure is done. And this was supposed to be the year. I mean, I know we lost Devontae, but come on, man. So he's looking at Brian Gudekinst. And because it starts with the players, right? And he's probably sitting there going, you know, Brian, what happened? This is the conversation that I gotta feel is is not only happening but pertinent. The conversation's gotta go something like this. We lost Devontae, and you know everything that happened there. We couldn't deal with Devontae until we knew what was going on with Aaron, and Aaron took a while to come back. And, you know, Devontae had ended up, you know, creating some, dis you know, a disadvantage of feelings, we'll say. He was pissed, for lack of a better term. He wasn't happy. He wasn't coming back. He wanted to go be with Derek Carr. So he got his wish, and he's out of here, and look what happened to him. Okay, great. But, you know, we said we were going to try to find some help, and – Within our financial constraints, we brought in Sammy Watkins. And I know that didn't turn out very good, but, you know, it is what it is. And Sammy was Sammy, but we got him at a bargain basement price. It didn't cost us a ton of money, but ultimately it didn't really help us either. So we picked up Christian Watson, and, boy, Christian Watson really turned out to be that guy. Now he just has to grow. And if Christian Watson grows, he pays attention to his body in the off season. He's now got a season of, uh, of seasoning In him, he understands the game more. He gets to go away, relax a little bit, start to work on his body. Romeo Dobbs, he started to gain the confidence of the quarterback. He looks like he could be a keeper. You know, obviously we got to make a decision on what we're gonna do with Bakhtiari. He had a tough year, but boy, good left tackles are really hard to find. Elton Jenkins paid, Josh Myers is here, Runyon's here. Josh Nyman had a little bit of trouble down the stretch, but we believe between him and Zach Tom we can get this thing figured out. And Caleb Jones is kind of the X factor in all of this because that guy's a mountain of a human being. Big body. We like this guy. He can really be a staunch fill-in, we feel. And then there's Sean Ryan, who made the mistake of the PEDs, and we'll see if Sean Ryan's able to come back and help us in any way, shape, or form. In the meantime, defensively speaking, we bolstered that. We brought in Devontae White. We brought in two guys that have championship pedigree. Quay Walker and both guys started to really kind of show some things, and T.J. Slayton took a step up. We know we need to find more big bodies in the trenches. We understand that, and that's what we're going to do. But, damn it, we paid Jair Alexander. Adrian Amos is Adrian Amos. He's kind of the, the very quiet leader back there. Rasul Douglas didn't look right in the beginning, but came on at the end. Rudy Ford, boy, what a find we brought in to bring him in out of the streets. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon was God, he was a godsend. We all know Darnell Savage got benched early, but he came back and played well. And then there's Stokes when he comes back from injury. Rashawn Gary, when he comes back from injury. And if I'm sitting there with Brian Gutekind's going, D- was it the talent? Because Murphy's going to look at him and go, what do we need? Well, we need a better tight end play. We need to f- figure out, we need to get another weapon, another wide receiver. Uh, we probably need to bring in a veteran, uh, a really good veteran. We're going to have to put some money into that pers- particular position. we got to go find a guy, you know. we got to figure this salary cap thing out, and that's where he looks to Russ Ball and say, Russ, you know, you and I, man, locking arms, here we go. we got to find some money. Okay. So Gudikins is going to go, look, we ended up 8-9. But with the talent that I got, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. Is it? And that's my question. Did Gutekinds do enough? Do you think the talent was there to win? 877 867 I'm interested. I got into the we, – we were – by the way, we had a great time at the Thirsty Duck last night. It was really a, a fun place. They have duck bowling there, and they have these uh, younger kids anywhere from 14, 15 years old and they're back behind the lanes and they're setting all the miniature pins up and it's duck bowling with the wooden balls and everything. And it was it man, what a blast. We had a really good fun time last night. So, if you get out to the Thirsty Duck in Sussex, Sussex, man, it it was it was, it was cool. We are sitting there talking last night. And, you know, some of the guys that were there are like, well, they had the talent. And other guys are yelling, no, they didn't have enough talent. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Tell me which guy is a massive failure. Take Sammy Watkins out of the equation, right? Other than letting Devontae go, it's kind of the same team from a year ago and two years ago, right? The offensive line. When Stenovich was running the offensive line, they didn't miss. You could plug and play anybody, right? Everybody was good. No problem. Okay? Defensively, you added to the trenches. Guys got their feet wet. They weren't great, but you knew there'd be some growing pains. Oh, all right. But your secondary was supposed to be one of the best secondaries in all of football. The pass rush, ah, zadarius Who needs him? Right? Don't need zadarius So So who? You know? Sammy Watkins was a failure. He wasn't he got cut. He was a zero con- factor contributor. For, you know, as far as massive failure goes, it was that was a guy that was supposed to come in and be the stopgap. And he didn't really add anything. As a matter of fact, he didn't even understand hand signals and such and missed it and, you know, whatever. But the the bottom line is it was a failure. So what was so bad? And that's when everybody at the table, I got to assume, goes and they look. And there's Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry sitting at the end of the table. You two want to explain? Right? Correct me if I'm wrong. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. That's where I want to begin today. You want to find us, uh, you can call us. You can hit us up on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Ben Z. kenny. Producing the program today. Don't forget, coming up today, we got a good one. Uh, not only is Andy Herman of the Pack a Day podcast going to be joining us coming up here in a little bit, about uh, just about two hours from now. As a matter of fact, uh, we got our NFL picks today, and then the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, the football guru, the guy that's bringing in anybody and everybody, uh, Luke Fickle is going to join us a little bit later on today in the final hour of the program. Ben Kenny, how you doing today? I'm good. It's a good Thursday. Feels weird. There's yeah? no
1: football on tonight. I know, doesn't it? College or pro, but I'm excited. I'm I'm looking forward to talking with Coach Fickle.
0: Yeah, um, when we, well, we, you announced he was coming on the program yesterday. Uh, It has been a myriad of uh, of people that say, "Hey, ask him this, tell him this." Tell you know, boy, it's uh, you talk about a guy that's ignited things around here. Oof, boy, a lot of people that are following him inside and outside of the area. We kind of had that discussion
1: yesterday. I think a lot of that is what is actually being done, obviously, with the quarterback position and the coaching staff and all the transfers. Mm-hmm. But it's not as if the program didn't take transfers last year. They took four corners and a wide receiver, and right. It's that he tweets about it, right? And he's in public facing, and he's getting people mm-hmm. excited, which
0: I I think is cool. It's good for the sport yep. for sure. One hundred percent agree. One hundred percent agree. He has uh, certainly ignited the which which it needed quite frankly he he kind of has ignited the uh the interest or the excitement if you will uh for badger football so me like many excited for the season excited for spring excited to see what it is they have uh how things are going to kind of shake out when you talk about you know everything from quarterback rooms to weapons to throw to and such so looking forward to it looking forward to it and also, uh, now, go ahead. Well, also, I was going to say
1: the, the big headline this morning is your guy, Kevin Warren, off to Chicago. Oh, uh, really?
0: I didn't see that.
1: Officially. Well, it was one that we discussed, what, three weeks ago, and it was rumored. He was officially right. announced today
0: as their new president or whatever. Um. Uh, well, he's taking over for what? Ted Phillips, right? Yeah. Correct me if I am wrong. Yeah, Kevin Warren from the Big Ten now heading over to the Bears, taking over. Ted Phillips. Um, do you ever do you ever hear my story about Ted Phillips? I don't think so. Maybe okay. And I'll, I'll if you've heard it before, I'll, I don't mean to bore you, but Ted Phillips years ago, back before the renovation of Lambeau Field, back when I was doing the uh, the the Packers post game show with Brian Noble. Um, Brian and I were in the press box and the press box, it, it wasn't like it was, it is today. It was a small cramped press box. It had an auxiliary press box down at the other end of the field. There weren't suites for owners, incoming owners or anything like that. Uh, cause right. Cause now in the new press box and the new configuration, uh, the, the owners of the opposing team and the figureheads of the opposing team, they all have their own suite. Uh, it's one big suite up next to the, uh, to Mark Murphy suite. So they have that. And uh, it used to be, though, that all the dignitaries would sit in the press box, much like when I was telling you when I was down in Chicago, I had Mark Murphy and everybody sitting right in front of me. You would sit with everybody. Well, the one thing in a press box is, and they make the statement. Everybody reads it at the beginning. It is the same statement from the NFL. There is no cheering in the press box, any excessive cheering, or I can't remember the exact terminology, but basically it can lead to your credentials being revoked. Thank you very much. And that is the message from the NFL. No cheering. You're just very quietly, you know. Um, it, there's no open cheering. It's, it's kind of like, oh, you know, you'll hear that every now and then. You'll hear the opponents, writers or staff members or PR. Oh, you know, you'll hear that. But you won't hear outbursts. Ted Phillips used to pound the desk. Oh, come on! And, and he would yell about players. And he was right behind me. I had no idea who he was. But this guy's behind me, and he's like, that guy sucks. And, and I'm like, who is this guy? And everybody's looking at him, but nobody will say anything. So I finally turned around, and I said, hey, dude, no cheering in the press box. Can you knock it off? We're trying to work. And he kind of got into it with me, and then they finally said, that's the president of the Bears. And I said, well, I don't care who it is. It's like, this guy's just rude, man. And uh, not to mention, he's ripping his own players, so I went on the air after the fact on the network, and I said, "This is your president. He's talking about this guy. He said this about this guy. He said," that. and the Bears got pissed. They got pissed at me, and I said, "Wait a minute! If you're going to say it, and you're going to have the outbursts and say it, then be prepared." I, I didn't do anything wrong, you know. So he did it in front of the media, God and everybody. So the next year, when I went to go to uh, Soldier Field, they wouldn't give me credentials. They for for one year they. Ban me from their press box. Wouldn't give me credentials. So Ted Phillips. That was my. That was my only. Uh, that was my only uh, ever. You know, real confront confrontation. I guess with Ted Phillips. But Ted Phillips, the president of the the Bears, he used to just rip his guys. I mean, just rip them. Oh, it was funny. He used to just rip them. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You want to hit us up? Go ahead and do so. You can. Uh, give us a shout. Um, got one here from Mark who says, uh, I don't think it's Mark Murphy, and I don't think it's Brian Gutekinds. This is solely a Matt LaFleur issue. He promoted Stenovich, The offensive line got worse. He hangs on to Barry. The defense stinks. Um, so there's just a – oh, God, got to turn that off. Oop, there we go. Hearing myself. Um, he said uh, uh, they promoted Stenevich. The line got worse. He keeps Barry. The defense is worse. Uh, it all begins with Matt Lafleur. Matt Lafleur doesn't have the cojones to fire. Well, he didn't say cojones. I said that, but to fire anybody, he has fired people before. Remember, he got rid of Mo Drayton. He he did let go of Mo Drayton. There's been a couple others that he's moved on from. Uh, Rye over on the uh, the Bud Light live stream says Matt Lafleur is the problem. He calls him Matt Lafailure. His scheme is too predictable. He needs to go back to change some things to his scheme and some new concepts. He was out coached. He doesn't hire the right coaches, beginning with the special teams. took him four years to hire and find one. The special teams, because remember he got rid of Menenga, and then he got rid of Mo Drayton, and he, part of that's his fault. Part of it was they didn't want to spend a ton of money on that coach, and then they found out how poor it was, and they went ahead and spent the money on the coach and hiring Rich Pasagia. so... Now, Barry, there is more reasons why they need to improve and move off of him. Goody and Ball have done a pretty good job. This year's draft class was probably his best class or has the potential to be. Some players regressed, and that's on the coaches uh, and not on the players themselves. Um, uh, Brett says, isn't Barry's contract up? Don't they usually get two-year deals? Not necessarily, no. No, not necessarily. A lot of times they'll get three, four-year deals. Um, they go on to say Lafleur failed again. Uh, I'd fire him before I ever fired Goody, but Goody should be on the uh, short leash as well and should have been able to hire his own coaches, not Mark Murphy. Um, but up until this year, you would say LaFleur's been a success. Right. And Mark Murphy wasn't getting any credit for that. You can't do that. You can't do that. And Murphy, I thought, actually did it smart because what he did was he addressed that press conference and basically said, I'm involved in this. So don't don't give Brian Gutekinds the heat. Give me the heat. And, and I, I appreciated that. That's what he was doing. He wasn't publicly snipping good against. He was basically saying, look, I'm a part of this. So if this doesn't work out, give me the heat, not Brian. But up until this year, you would have said Matt LaFleur was a good coach. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So I didn't hear anybody going, hey, Mark Murphy, man, what a great job you did in hiring hiring Matt LaFleur. I, I didn't hear any of that. The only time you ever hear about Mark Murphy is when something goes wrong and then everybody brings up the, the, the sledding hill, and it's like, stop. The man has done a great job when it comes to making money for this franchise. Internally, there's some things that are that are off right now. I'll agree with you on that, but I'm not calling that an epic failure or, or ripping ripping the upper management for that. To me, it's about coaching, and it's about the players. What he's supposed to do is make money for this franchise to keep it viable, and that's exactly what he's done. That you got to separate the two. 877 867 1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They are the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. A reminder next week, we're going to be at the Root River Center. Root River Center down in Franklin. Come on out and say hello. We're going to be at Root River Wednesday night, the 18th, 6 to 8. It's going to be the Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Going to be at Root River Center. program brought you by a company called Pindell, a quality machining and manufacturing company right here in the state of Wisconsin, New Berlin, Wisconsin. And if you're looking for a, a company to work for and uh, get yourself a good career, they're the ones. If you're looking for a company to work with, give them a shout. Go to p i n d e l dot com. is Pindell.com. Again, Pindell.com. Welcome back to the program. Um, whose fault, if you will, would it be? Because the argument is, did they have enough talent to get the job done? Yes or no. And if they did, that's that. people want to just blame everybody. And so I ask, okay, was this player good? Is this player good? Is this player good? You go through that list. People are like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, if all these players are pretty good and you think that this was a pretty good team on paper, then you look at coaching, right? That's where you go. That's what you do. And if you look at coaching, then you got to say, okay, there's two guys that are directly responsible, one for the offense, one for the defense. One's for the overall wellness of the team, but you know what I'm talking about. So that's kind of where I'm at. You know? Um, Gary says, is Mike LaFleur finally coming to Green Bay? I hope not. I, I mean... I am not a big fan of hiring family, first of all, because you don't fire family. I just, I, I never have thought that's a good idea. You know, just never have thought that's a good idea. So there, there's that. Uh, there's talk about, you know, well, would they bring Nathaniel Hackett back? Could he possibly be like a, an offensive you know, assistant or something, you know, whatever after being a head coach. I I don't know, but I'm not, I'm not back. uh, I'm not a big fan of that. And, And let's be honest. There hasn't been a lot of success. They went through three quarterbacks in New York for the jets. Right. Not a big fan of that. Um, sorry about that. Uh, no, I don't want to see my uh, many people asking that question. Uh, said, uh, ready for somebody else to call plays. LaFleur can concentrate on other issues on this team. No excuse to be at the bottom of the league in the red zone uh, efficiency. Well, you know, you can talk about red zone efficiency because they, um, they uh, didn't take. I, the red zone efficiency, there's so many things to talk about. Let's talk about that for a second. Red zone efficiency there's two things. One is they didn't take what defenses gave them. That's first and foremost, and that's on Rodgers. Secondly, why in the hell are you in shotgun continuously? You you the offense changed in the red zone. You'd you'd move the ball, you'd go six plays, seven plays, whatever it happened to be, you get in the red zone, and suddenly it's shotgun, four wide, one one back. And and AJ Dillon does not run well downhill when he has to have a stutter step in the backfield to get a handoff coming out of the shotgun. I, I never understood it, and I get it. Maybe on one hand you can say maybe it was a thumb. Okay, that I can buy. But this whole thing about seeing the defense and this and that, in other words, and, and that tells me two things. One is you don't believe in your offensive line. They don't have the ability to pass block, and you can't run the ball because you don't have the ability to run block. So it starts in the trenches. And if that's the problem, then bringing Stenovich up and making him your offensive coordinator was a mistake. Again, it goes back to coaching. Right? I I don't know how else to put it. You take a team, and that's a great point. You take a team like, like the Detroit Lions, and they had the right people in the right place and a motivating head coach who got them all on the same page and got them all to buy in and believe. They didn't have more talent than the Green Bay Packers did. What they had was a lot more heart, a lot more will, a lot more want to. That was it. Jared Goff outplayed Aaron Rodgers. Many quarterbacks did this year because they took what the Packers gave. And what Joe Barry gave them was death by a thousand cuts. Take everything underneath. We're not going to give you anything over the top. Well, that's fine. We're going to drive down the field, drive down the field, drive down the field, drive down the field. And then we're going to score because you're going to let us. Right? I mean, it's that simple. And, and I, I've said it all along, and this is not a knock. This is actually praise. But for Aaron Rodgers under center, he is one of the best play fakers in the business when he sells it. And I, they took that completely out of their game plan. Never understood it. Never understood it. It's the dumbest thing. Pack fan says shotgun's in vogue even in the red zone. 75% not fully. Packers don't run 75%. They run more than that. They run 86%. 86% in shotgun when they get in the red zone. Look it up. The problem, he said, is the execution of the plays. Well, that's fine, too. You can say that, but when you're running in shotgun, you are dictating what it is you're going to do. You're telling, uh, you know, if you're going to go vogue, and I want to know where you got the seventy five percent. That's the other thing because I've never seen that. I've seen sixty seven. I've never seen seventy five. And you watch this weekend. You watch this weekend, and then we'll compare. You watch this weekend. We'll compare notes of all the teams that are in the postseason when they get in the red zone. How many teams are actually under center? How many teams aren't? And how many how many plays they run out of shotgun? I'll 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 get I'll bring that number to you on Monday. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. They don't run P Ryan a lot under shotgun. Not they don't. No, they don't. But also you run under shotgun. Here's the, And you're right about that. Here's the other thing. When you're running under shotgun, you usually have more mobile quarterbacks. Rogers is not mobile. I wonder, and this was something I'd said. I, I did a, a thing with uh, Ernie over at WVRQ this morning in Viroqua. I wonder how much Rogers, a couple of years ago when he won the MVP, he had stated that he really worked in the offseason on his legs. He talked about that quite a bit in his workout regimen. I wonder this past year, I wonder how much he did. And um, Mike Clemens and I were coming home um, on Sunday night, and we were talking about the season, and just, just in general. And Mike said, did, did Aaron look old to you this year? And I, 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 well, physically, yes. I mean, he had the goofy haircuts and the beard, and you know. And then when he finally cleaned it up, he looked a lot younger. He looked like Aaron again. But in his play, he looked old. He looked old and slow. And the one thing that I I wonder is I wonder how much work he really did on his legs. Because that's the first, a quarterback that loses his legs, you're done. You're done in the league. And if Rodgers worked, I remember an interview that Brady did. It was about two or three years ago that said uh, the first thing he has to do every year is he takes a couple of weeks off and then he gets back and starts working on his legs. He gets his, tries to get his legs on him because he, he kind of joked, he's like, I've never been fast, but I, at least I've been able to uh, avoid certain rushes and I've been able to get back up and feel strong. So Rodgers has been a little more nimble than, than, uh, than, than Brady has been throughout his career. But I wonder how much he worked on his legs because there were times this year where he just looked slow. He looked slow. He looked um, like he was just a half beat off. And I I don't I don't know how much he did, but I would assume. And guys have said this that get older. Once you get over the age of thirty five, if you started working on your legs in June, you start working on your legs in May. If you start working on your legs in May, you start working on your legs in April. You know, whatever it is, you got to every year you got to work on them a little bit sooner to get them under you by the time the season rolls around cuz you got to do all the work in the offseason to make sure that your season cuz by the end of the season you're dragging. and you got to have strong legs if you're a quarterback or a running back in the league for that matter and I that's I wonder that because this was a different offseason for Aaron Rodgers how he said he's not coming in he's not going to be there let other guys coach and it's and, and he didn't come into the building I don't know how much work he did on his legs I mean, I know he did. He said he did. He got back to his workouts, but his workouts didn't really start um, from one of his conversations. If I remember, I think it was you know later in the season or later in the off season. Well, we're gonna get back at it and start working out, and, and I'm like, no, it's not a two week or a one month deal going into training camp to get your legs under you. Get, getting your legs under you requires a lot. Think about if you've ever worked out. If you if you committed to a workout and then say you didn't work out for three months, how how fast? You lose your cardio, how fast you lose your muscularity, how fast you lose that muscularity and stamina. So think about that. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show. coming. covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I was good to have you back don't forget about our burn guys at burn pit barbecue i was telling you earlier this week uh, my plan sunday uh we got uh, we got a, a dinner tonight a dinner tomorrow a dinner on saturday going out with clients and friends and then sunday nothing and sunday pfft, Sunday, it's down to Robert's Specialty Meats, picking up some of those big pork chops and a couple of the ribs on a stick and Burn Pit Barbecue. That's it. Doing some grilling, some chilling. Going to sit down and watch football on Sunday. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. But don't forget about our guys at Burn Pit Barbecue. Based right here in the state of Wisconsin, burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. Good guys, veteran-owned company right here in the state. So keep supporting them. And they wanted to say thank you for a hell of a holiday season. Heck of a holiday season. Heck yeah. So there you go, Burn Pit Barbecue. Hey, um, Derek Carr has uh, bid farewell to Raider Nation. Wrote a long piece over on his uh, his Instagram page. Said, it breaks my heart I didn't get an opportunity to say goodbye in person. We certainly have been on a roller coaster in our nine years from the bottom of my heart, I'm so grateful and appreciative of the years uh, the, the, and the support you gave me and my family. Uh, talked about the heartbreaking moments, the thrilling game wins, and I uh, said thanks to the city of Oakland, thanks to Las Vegas. Uh, said he wa- said he once said that if I'm not a Raider, I would rather be at home, and I meant that. But I never envisioned ending it this way. That fire burning inside me uh, to win a championship still rages. A fire no man can extinguish, only God. So I look forward to a new city and a new team. No matter what the circumstances are, we'll give everything I have. Winning a championship is what I've always wanted to do and will continue to look forward to and work towards, God bless, DC4. There you go. That's kind of the clip notes version. But Derek Carr, so he'd always said, if I'm not a Raider, I don't want to play. But <laughs> Raiders kind of gave me the boot, more so the idiot coach that you hired. So I'm out of here, and I'm going to go try to – find another place to latch on to and maybe come back and whoop your ass. Rightfully so. Colts, you think? Uh, good possibility. Commanders? Not, right? Oh, God, the Commanders would take him. Colts would take him. Jets would take him. There's a lot of places he could go. Right? Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Who else needs a quarterback in this league? Um... Marty says New England, no, they they like Mac Jones. What they need is a real offensive coordinator. That's what they need. Uh, Baltimore could want him if Baltimore decides that, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson's not going to be that. I'll tell you this. uh, Ben, I don't know if you you watch the Lamar Jackson discussion on both uh, Good Morning Football and on Get Up, and they keep talking about, oh, how the Baltimore Ravens made a mistake. They just need to pay the man. He's proven his worth by not playing. Um, no, I don't buy that. First of all, if I'm the Baltimore Ravens, I'm not giving him 250 million guaranteed. He's banged up every year and running quarterbacks don't last. It's been proven. They don't. So there's no way I'm paying him that amount of money. His accuracy is not great. He's a good quarterback. uh, Pocket wise, he's not great where he makes his bones is running. And when your legs go, like I've talked about, and you get them beat up enough, you only have so many hits in you as a quarterback. And once you take that last hit, you're done. There's no way if I'm the Baltimore Ravens, because that's the sticking point. He wants everything. He wanted a Sean Watson contract. And they said, no, we're not going to guarantee everything. We'll guarantee 150, 170 million, but we're not guaranteeing 250 million. And he says, well, then, you know, he was mad about it. He cut off negotiations. If I'm the Baltimore Ravens, I said, you know what? Go ahead. You go, you go play somewhere else because in the next three years, you're not going to be playing anymore if you keep playing this way. He just gets beat up all the time. I don't know. how. Is there a year, uh, and, and I don't have it sitting in front of me, Ben, and maybe you could look it up. Has there ever been a year that he's played all 16 games in his career? Lamar Jackson. I I can't remember a time in which he played all 16 games throughout his career. Because he just always been beat up. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. He's had Again, two. Bill
1: that he's played fifteen games. Now I don't know if that last one was them resting him in the final week. Twenty nineteen mm-hmm. was that one year they got the one seed. They were okay. thirteen and two. He played fifteen and then twenty twenty as well. But I don't know if that he missed because injury or because they rested him okay. in the last week.
0: So in 2018 is what you're saying, he played all 16. 19. 19. Yep. And then since then, he has not played a full season. Just this year and last, he played 12 each. Okay. Well, 12 games is quite a bit to miss, especially when your team is being chased down by Pittsburgh and Cincinnati at this point. Uh, and he's probably going to miss again this week. Apparently, a PCL sprain or tear, depending on how bad it actually is. Uh, and I was listening to some of the uh, the doctors talk about this. Uh, I've never, I, I didn't know what a PCL was. To be honest with you, I didn't realize it was like under the knee, uh, under the kneecap, and and such. And uh, apparently, there's really no way to fix it. You just it just has to have time to heal. It's not like an MCL or an ACL and and you know you've got a, a you know a sprain to those, and you just put them in a brace, and you you know give it time, or you surgically repair it. PCL, you're not there. There's not much you can do. You just kind of let it heal, I guess. At least that was the description this morning that I was listening to. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? I thought the PCL was in the elbow. No, PCL is in the knee.
1: Every time they discussed it, I thought it was a use like I, I thought it was a pitcher injury that he couldn't throw,
0: uh-huh. but. Clearly, no. It's well, maybe there's a PCL in the elbow too. I don't know, but his his is a knee injury. His is a knee injury. So, uh, let's do this. We're going to step out, take a quick break. We'll come back. We got a lot more to get to, phone calls to get to. I'll go to the phone calls when we come back. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers' end-of-season exit meetings continue. Aaron Rodgers, with two days of conversations scheduled with his coaches, his head coach Matt LaFleur, and the front office, at age 39, the Packers quarterback has earned over $300 million in the NFL over the years, the most in league history. He is set to
2: earn $59.5 million if he comes back later this year.
0: I want to take the emotion out of it and have the conversations and see where the organization's at and... Yeah, I feel after some time has passed. Before he decides what to do, once again, he says he needs some time to
2: step away. How long will that take?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to hold him hostage. Uh, you know, I understand, uh, you know, we're still in January here, March is for agency, so just need some time to, uh, like I said, get the emotion out of it and then figure out what's best former nfl offensive tackle andrew whitworth was lucky enough to end his career last year with the rams when they won the super bowl whitworth now with the nfl network was on the rich
2: eisen show
0: what do you think Aaron Rodgers does honestly i'm over it rich i just you know. i, <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I saw marcus spears say this today and i couldn't agree more like i just don't care all right I, like, really like just you know i love the guy i think he's yeah i have a good time with him off the football field yeah I'm just so done with, like, are you playing or are you not? Are you, you know, just, you know. But he thought he, he... Show up and play or don't play. Oh, my gosh. Funny. Wait, wait. That's former Ram Andrew Whitworth. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Today, after I get off the air, I'm going over to the Social House, H-A-U-S, on Lisbon Road in Falls. Uh, they got a new menu, and uh, now some of the tr- don't panic, don't panic, because they're the ones that give away the uh, the pancakes on Sundays. Pancakes are still going to be there, okay? Pancakes are still going to be there, but uh, they've got some new uh, additions to the menu. So look for that on Facebook and on Instagram uh, later today. I'm going to be over there. I will snap a few shots. If you want to follow me on Instagram, uh, you can do so. The real Bill Michaels. It's that simple. Um, but uh, we're going to go over and taste some of the new stuff on the menu. The che- the infamous cheese curd burger is still there. The original cheese curd burger is still there. Everything else, I think, uh, or I shouldn't say everything, but some things have changed. But the menu's gotten better. The chef over there has gotten better. They've uh, changed a few people, but, boy, things are really, really good. And uh, Dan Dell and his staff do a great job. The Social House, H-A-U-S, on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. And if you're out and about this afternoon, about 4.35 o'clock, I'll see you there. We'll be there for sure. 877-867-1670. By the way, an announcement, and this is surprising. If there is an AFC championship game between the Chiefs and the Bills, the neutral site will be? Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Ben, is that surprising to you? Not really. I mean, it's a dome.
1: I felt like they would find somewhere controlled. That is,
0: I thought they'd go to Indianapolis. It's be, it's right between the two.
1: Oh, Indy said they couldn't do it. They had something already
0: scheduled. Ah, oh, right, 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 right. Okay, that makes sense then. Because I thought, boy, it's got to be Atlanta, or excuse me, it's got to be. It's got to be uh, Indianapolis, but if Indy's booked, okay, then that makes sense. That makes sense. I did not read that, so. But uh, Indianapolis is they're just built for everything. Should just call it Championship City and get it over with. It's Plus a shame it's they're going inside though. Uh well, some people thought that they would take the cold weather and make it Lambo. Yeah. And now we're talking. I, you Soldier know, Field. And they'd be like, "Well, no, you don't want to go to Soldier. That place is a dump." <laughs> that place sucks. Soldier Field is an absolute pit. It's an armpit, it's a dump. And here's the problem I have with it is that not only is Soldier Field a dump, but they took what was once this proud building of the columns and the the, you know, the tribute and turned it into some kind of circus freak-looking cruise ship. Piece of crap parked in front of the Parthenon. It's just, it's just all they did was basically say, "Oh, we won't knock down the columns, but we'll build everything else." It was just crap. It's ba- it's built out of aluminum. It just, you know, I keep waiting for the Flex Seal guy to come by with his Flex Seal spatula and fixing all the holes and going, "Look!" And even Soldier Field will float. This piece of crap. You know, it's just,
1: it's just, it's a dump. Ryan it's Field, dump. things of that nature. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh. So anyway, there you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, do it. Let's go to Mike listening to us in West Dallas. Mike, how are you doing today, pal? What's up?
2: I'm doing great.
0: How's it going, Bill? I'm going great today. Doing fun.
2: Yeah. So I, I want to go back to your topic earlier. I, I think Brian Gutekunst is really to blame for this uh, because I think he put Aaron Rodgers and he put the Packers offense in a position to fail this year. Uh, by, you know, they, they got rid of Devontae Adams, they replaced him with a raw second round rookie. Granted, Watson is talented, but he's still a rookie and, and mm-hmm. a fourth round pick. Um, and when you look at the other, the, the top two teams in the NFC, the, the Philadelphia Eagles and the 49ers, they, all, they have three weapons. You know, other than Christian Watson, let me ask you this, but other than Watson, is there anybody else that scares you on this Packers offense? Not a one. Nope. (laughs) Yeah. So you need more than one guy to be successful, and you've talked about him before. Robert Tanyan, he's terrible. He averaged less than nine yards a catch, which is among the worst in the NFL. He doesn't block. He doesn't catch touchdowns, and he doesn't stretch the field either. So what the hell does he do for you? Mm -hmm. And Romeo Dobbs, I was higher on him than anybody prior to the season, but if I'm being honest with you, I think he was kind of a disappointment this year. You know, other than that Buccaneers game, what did he really do all season? I mean, the opportunities were there, you know, Uh, Watkins, he was pretty much a non-factor. Once he got into half the season, Dubs was getting the snaps and he really wasn't doing anything with them. So at this point, you know, everybody wants to write Romeo Dubs as this, you know, great rookie. I think he's still a big question mark at this point, whether or not he can be successful, uh, in the NFL. So what you have going forward is you have you have Watson, you need to get a tight end, and you need to get a wide receiver. And it, it can't just be over-the-hill, cheap, you know, free agent veterans. They actually have to invest real assets, like a first- or second-round pick, and maybe even a high-priced free agent to, you know, fulfill those holes. Otherwise, I, I think you're putting, whether it be Rodgers or uh, a Jordan Love, you're putting either guy in a position to fail again next year. and And if Watson... He's been somewhat injury-prone. If he goes down, I mean, all bets are off at that point.
0: Right, right. No, I appreciate the phone call. We'll talk about that when we come back. Stay tuned. Don't forget, coming up uh, during the show today, got a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, we've got uh, Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast going to join us about an hour from now. we got our NFL picks coming up. Don't forget the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, Luke Fickle, who is setting the football world on fire and the state of Wisconsin is going to be here as well. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michaels Show. It's all coming up right after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.